From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for November 17th, 2010. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In the peanut gallery, Teresa Eccles and Max the Intern. In this week's show, we uh, will have a report on this year's Osborne Family Lights at Disney Hollywood Studios from Miss Kathy Whirling. We're also going to talk about the Festival of the Masters that went on this past weekend over at Downtown Disney. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, I know I have a, a brief housekeeping just to let everybody know there will be no show next week uh, because of Thanksgiving. We're all busy with family and eating. eating. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to be able to put a show up. Uh, next week and uh, the week following um, will be our next to last show for the year Um, I think it's the December 7th or December 8th show Um, and it's also the last show we record this year here in the studio following week we record on the ship for the podcast cruise and then we take two weeks off or a month off or whatever it is for the holidays, it's something. And I think our next, I think our next, uh, our first show of the new year is January fourth, something like that. And during that, during that hiatus, whole studios getting changed. So, just wanted to make sure we let everyone know about our our schedule through the holidays. I can't believe we're here already. That mm-hmm. it's already Thanksgiving. It's crazy, isn't it? And End of the year. You know, the podcast cruise and Christmas. We should also talk about uh, podcast cruise 3.0 is selling at a really good clip. It is. A lot better than I thought it was going to sell. And people are excited. I have a few. I said, yeah. People are excited. Oh, people are excited. You were excited. <laughs> we got two to get through first. I was just say, I'll be excited some other day. <laughs> I, no, I, people, I, listeners. I, I got to tell you, there's a there's a real possibility. I know some people are upset that I announced that we were going to limit the size of uh, of these podcast cruises moving forward, folks. It's something we have to do. Uh, logistically, for us, it's too much. You got. You all have to remember this is not our full time job. We're only and eight nine people. <laughs> there's a, there's a limited number of there's a, just a limited amount of resources we have to do this, and so I, I have a feeling. I really have a feeling that um, after the podcast cruise and people rebooking on board, we may be at or close to the limit of what uh, uh, what I want. Right. On, it also lets us this, spend more time scene. with the people that are on the right, ship exactly. because I mean I can't you know. 700 people on this cruise you're you know, not going to get gonna like, hi hey you're not going to get right, one-on-one facetime with every single person right. if you do yeah, it'll be even, seconds. the last one we didn't get it was half the number of people right but i but what i'm hoping is that if we limit the size and lengthen the cruise because we're doing a five night right. on podcast cruise 3.0 limit the size and lengthen it it gives us more time to do that right and that's something i'm really hoping for and and you know it also makes it easier on us and the ship i'm telling you we went through an awful lot, and I and I've got to I got got to give them credit. Uh, Disney Cruise Line really, really bent over backwards to accommodate a group of this size, um, doing things that they not did not normal would not normally do. The other thing is, I, I I try and explain this to people all the time. Disney Cruise Line isn't as excited about our cruise as we are, so they're not willing to work with us now for next July. Or 2012. Right? They have a June. they have a policy about that. They you know they want to know exactly how many people are going to be on that ship, and they don't know that number really until a couple of months before it sails, until final payment is made. I mean, now this year they did work with us a few months before that. We did start talking about it and working some things out, but it's just the way Disney Cruise Line does it, and you know that's to be. You know, that's how they do it. So we don't know the itinerary or the schedule or who's going to be there or what the things are going to be yet. Yeah, because we've got really? that question already. Yeah. You don't? <laughs> no, because they want to know we're ready. 
can you tell me what who's going to what are the special guests going to be and i think it's us no not yet <laughs> not yet not yet and i i want to manage expectations we are really moving away from that um the future cruises are going to be more about the community aspects and doing things together as smaller groups or larger groups and not so much about speakers and entertainers and and things like that. Not to say that we won't have some of that, but just not at the level we're doing it on this cruise. That's part of the logistical nightmare that we're having. That, you know, it's a four-night cruise and at least two of the days are taken up with activities. And part of this is you want to experience a cruise. I mean, I, I know you guys want to see us and do stuff, but you want to do a cruise too. And so trying to balance it out and balance balance out the feedback that we've been getting and um so yeah we're i just want to i wanted to throw that out there too um what else do we have for housekeeping i just would like to say that i've heard from michael bowling that carol is actually doing well so our thoughts and prayers and pixie dust are hopefully working i also would like to uh send our good thoughts and good wishes to yvette yes Mm who is facing another health crisis with her eyes. Oh, She's no. posted a long story about it. And if you guys are interested, it's on the Diz Unplugged podcast board. But Yvette, we're all thinking about you. So get well. That's right, I would Yvette. also like to thank... We love you, um, baby. Uh, we ran into Lisa Merritt this week. Lisa Merritt is uh, Walt D for me on the boards. And she sends you Black Bear Coffee. Oh, for me? For you. Oh, how nice. She has sent Oh, it smells good. Um, Peppermint O's. I don't know what those are, but those are chocolate, I believe, and peppermint. I think it's like peppermint bark. Teresa's Teresa's hands are out. They are not. Give unto me the chocolate. Mally's Chocolate Pretzel Crunch Bar. There was not any more of these when we got them. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Wow, this coffee smells incredible. There were only two of these when she gave them to us. Lisa, don't tell anything. Okay, we did eat one. It was really good. It's pretzel normous, it says. (laughs) It is pretzel And it's chocolate with bits of salty pretzel crunched up. It's incredible chocolate. I wouldn't know that, but I've heard it. Stop talking about the chocolate. Right, we've read about it. But I've heard it's very good. diet. Sugar-free chocolate sitting next to Which, him. you notice, like, there, were a lot, there were a lot more bars yeah, last week. <laughs> Those are really good. Thank you again, Jen. So I just wanted to say thank you to Lisa. And we met Lisa's nephew, Corey. Or no, Corey Connor. Excuse me. I was sitting next to Corey. We met Lisa's nephew, Connor. And Connor thinks we're pretty cool. Aww. So I'm going to give these to you because... Lisa, that's very sweet. Thank you very much. Since... Since you had it already. <laughs> Teresa's t- uh, Teresa's been doing a great job uh, on her diet. Eight pounds. You go, girl. That is awesome. You go, girl. Is it, a, is, it a, is it a chocolate diet? No, it's stop eating after seven p.m. diet. What is that? That's it's the card from. <laughs> I didn't realize. I apologize for making noise. It's. <laughs> it's one of the singing cards. Mm-hmm. I love the singing cards. Thank you, Lisa. Every time I hear that tune, I think of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. <laughs> you have to watch the movie. Are you reading something else, Kevin? No, I'm. This is for us. To oh, read okay. Right <laughs> this one. All right. Sure. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa, for all that. It was really good. We do have some prizes to give away. Alrighty. And I also have some winners uh, from our monthly drawing that have not gotten in touch with me, so I'm calling them out. <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably want their prize. So we have our August winner, Brittany Karpovich, and I did send her an email on October 27th. You are the August winner. Send me an email back. And then our September winner was Doug, Soulfan68 on the boards. Um... I know I got in touch with you as well on 1028. <laughs> it's a good thing these people don't always matter. <laughs> <laughs> call is to solicit. <laughs> I'm trying to get you your prize, people. And then, okay, we're going to start with Michaela Cash. And she chose number 25. Number 25. <laughs> that was my drum roll. Oh. A motorboat. 
All right. Uh, number 25, Michaela. You have won an iPod Touch. Oh, my God. Hey. That's awesome. I don't like you reading them. Michaela's one Look, of our young there is, listeners, there is so a, she'll be I, thrilled. I just, I, I, um, we just glitch, <laughs> prize glitching, and rather than and trying to fix it and waiting another week, He's just reading I've off got the, the list. list. I've got the list that I use to record the prizes, so I'm just reading off the list. I so. don't believe you. So congratulations, Michaela. Yes. iPod Touch. Um, then we have Jennifer shipped to see. She did the horseback riding review, number 22. Number 22. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Sounds like you ate too many beans. <laughs> I can't do a drum roll. Can you do one? It's okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. what I did. She said it sounded like a motorbike. Yeah. You didn't do no, that. it sounded okay. like something, a noise that Finley makes. Can I read this woman her prize? <laughs> <laughs> You won a $25 gift card. Congratulations. Yay. I'm not doing it anymore. You're on your own. Make your own noises. It was like when what's her name tried to hum. I'm going to do a drum roll. Am I doing it? Okay. Now we have uh, John, Johnny Gibb on the boards. and He chose number 20. Number 20. Another $25 gift card. Yay. Yay. He didn't get a drum roll. Then, <laughs> last. A fart roll, more um, like it. <laughs> but not least, this is from Rachel, and she actually was one of the videos that we played mm-hmm. back in August, and she chose number 31. Number 31. A $100 gift card. Yay. 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 These are really easy to award. <laughs> <laughs> still, so, an I, still an iPad to be given away, folks. So congratulations, everyone. And I believe we have uh, we have to give uh, Shannon or Salt Miner <laughs> in where was he uh, Scotland or Ireland or Canada? Canada. Yeah, that oh. was Canada too. <laughs> Close. He was international. <laughs> he wasn't. Okay, and he picked number eighteen. He gets a twenty-five dollar gift card. Yay! Yay! So, congratulations, everyone. Yes. Yes. Anything else? Anything else we have? Um, real quick, just for me. We had our Universal Family Fun Day oh, how'd last, that go? last Friday. Once again, Universal did a great job. Um, we had two really excellent guides, one in particular. Um, she was actually a volunteer and not a... not. A, they don't call them cast members. What do they call team them? Members. Team, team members. Team members. Yeah. <laughs> but our, the one team member that we had, he, he Indentured was like servants. VP of something. Of entertainment. Yeah. Well, our one tour guide. So he was like making sure if the ride didn't have a fast pass, trying to get everyone on it, and I mean, really doing an excellent job. Like, wow, we did rip ride, you know, a couple times. Oh, that's nice. Wow. Yeah. So, um, Ferris and Finley had a great time. And this and was for, for the Down Syndrome, yes, Down Syndrome Association. Association. I should have said that. Central Florida. But yeah, so we all divide up into groups. Most of the time we try to stick with people with kids our own age. But the carousel was a big hit for us. And Ferris did excellent on the hat, Cat in the Hat ride. Aww. He sat between us and he held on to the little bar and just looked at everything. It was so adorable. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we had a great time. So. That's great. I'm, I'm, I think it's really cool that Universal does that. It's great. I think it, they do a wonderful job. I just wish they would improve their food over there. I know. It's terrible. It it's, it's like bad. the worst theme park, park food ever. In park food is terrible. Oh, my gosh. Always has been. I mean, Islands of Adventure used to be a lot better, but even that's gone downhill. Oh, bad, so, bad. That's a shame. But good on Universal for, for doing it. All right. Anything else for housekeeping? Going once, going twice. And over to Johnny with the news. Our first news story is Disney reports 7% drop in profit. According to their official financial report, the Walt Disney Company suffered a 7% drop in revenue in their most recent financial quarter, ending October 2nd, 2010. Company president and CEO Bob Iger cites a programming write-off at one of our equity networks, the timing of ESPN revenue recognition, and the effect of one fewer week of operations as reasons for the loss. Yeah, okay. Those are some lame excuses. Specifically, it was the company's theme parks division that had the most disappointing quarter with operating income dropping by 8%. Disney explained this reduction as being a result of lower hotel occupancy and attendance at Walt Disney World and decreases in both the Disney Vacation Club and Disney Cruise Line segments. In addition, the report mentioned increased costs stemming from, among other things, retirement pensions and the World of Color Light and Water show at Disneyland, California. 
So how, how long do you think before the executives start flinging themselves out of Team Disney onto the ground? It, isn't it? Uh, do you find it odd, though, that there's an 8% decrease for um, Disney and an 8% increase for Universal? I was just going to say mm-hmm. that if, 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 uh, if anything, this would give me reason to suspect that this is, in fact, Universal having this, this impact on Disney. And because uh, they had a great October, Universal had a phenomenal October. So people are coming to Orlando, and they're just not staying at Disney. You know, which I, 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 I want to see if that again for me, it's not, it's to be expected early on with the Wizarding World. I want to see if next year at this time they're still posting growth. Now I will say this: um, one of the things this report does cite is that. Disney's California Adventure saw a twenty percent increase right. in attendance, mostly because of World of Color, mm-hmm. and they are seeing an overall increase in per person spending in the theme parks. So less people spending more. So maybe it's about to turn around, and it was just a disappointing quarter. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's that kind of news is not something we hear a lot of coming out of Disney. Uh, it just isn't. So, I mean, for Disney to have, for the parks, to have an 8% decrease is staggering. Absolutely staggering for Disney. And this was free dining promotion? This was a lot this of was discounts? In, yeah, yeah. So, it's, even with the discounts, it didn't do enough. It didn't do enough. So, if the trend continues, what are they going to do? The other, thing, the other thing, too, is you're talking about decreases in their two major... Um, Profit centers that hardly ever took a loss, which is Disney Vacation Club and Disney Cruise Line. But I'll tell you, we're starting to see the effects, I am anyway, at Disney, in terms of the quality. i got to be honest with you. Last couple times I've been in a bathroom at Disney World, they've been disgusting. I was at, uh, We were leaving the uh, Christmas party, and over the Transportation and Ticket Center, I went into the men's room at the Transportation and Ticket Center, and it was disgusting. It's funny you say that, because at Epcot, we went for the uh, last day of food and wine uh, this past Sunday, and we went to the bathroom over by Canada, where the McDonald's used to be. Oh, the world's It was disgusting bathrooms? in there. Yes, I mean, yes. some One of the uh, guests had to go out and actually get somebody to come in and clean it, because mm. it was so bad. And that is an experience in all the years I have been going to Disney. That's an experience I've never had. Right. There was one thing I could always count on. When I went into a Disney bathroom, it was a clean bathroom. And I, I've been in a couple now. Uh, over the last few months, that I'm like, wow, really? This is it? And and as a smoker, too, in the smoking areas, I can tell you, more times than not, the ashtrays are literally overflowing with cigarette butts. Where they used to have somebody coming all the time to clean that out and keep it clean. I mean, like, I actually have a picture on my iPhone of one oh. because it was so bad. Actually, let me... They need those... Um they're tall, slim, yeah, and they those. stand like right, right next to the restaurant door, like a little ways away. I've seen them at. They're shaped like genie bottles. They're fat long on the horn. Bottom. Yeah, you just leave and lit. You can stick it in there, and you know. If there's no oxygen, it cuts the. Yeah. Put it out automatically. Hold on, I want to show you guys this because. Well, I mean, you're in a vicious cycle. You're making less money. You're hiring less people. You have less people cleaning. I find that even in the women's bathroom, you will inevitably. I always pick the stall that's like stopped up, mm-hmm. and there's always more than one of those. I tell you, that's so unusual for Disney. That's what it was. It was a stopped up stall, but there's only one stall in there. No, the I don't have bathroom. it. I'm sorry, I must have deleted it. It's not mm-hmm. the one I wanted, but it was a mountain. A mounding mountain of cigarette butts, which is unusual, unusual for Disney. They, they have to keep their eye on the ball here. There are certain things they can't cut back on. There are certain things in order to protect the brand. They've got to, this is not a group that is really good at thinking long term, believe it or not. They're very short-sighted when it comes to money. Very short-sighted. Nothing's going to hurt Disney more. And we talk about things that could hurt them all the time. Nothing's going to hurt them more if people start to feel that it's unclean or unsafe. Exactly. This is, you know, I don't care how popular Harry Potter gets. This has been and always will be Disney's game to lose. And if they start pulling back on maintenance, if they start pulling back on on cleanliness, 
They start pulling back on the the core things that make up that business in order to eke out a few more dollars of profit. Then you are just they're they're they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot for the long term. And when the market does rebound and come back, because it will, they're still going to be having problems because they will have they will have really besmirched their 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 it's reputation. Like I said, it's a downward spiral. If you're cutting back and cutting back, it takes you longer to recover from that. Exactly. And clean things up. And exactly. Get back on the mark. So I mean, I'm um, um, I'm hoping it I'm hoping it gets better, but bathrooms. I'm sorry, you can't. <laughs> that's one area you can't. You got too many people coming in the, coming in and out of those parks. You can't have filthy bathrooms. And it's one of those things that most people wouldn't think about until it's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to notice that it's a sparkly clean bathroom. No, I always do. I always I, I ha- always most have. Most people won't, I but think, I think yeah. they I think most regular visitors won't. I think people who are fanatics do. Right. But I think the daily visitor isn't going to think, "Oh, look how clean." Until this it's is. bad. Right. Right. So all right, what's next? Our next news story is Disney tattoo guy trading his passion for new love. <laughs> he got some of my money. George, did he really? Not yeah. a lot. I bought a couple <laughs> things in the auction yesterday, yeah. <laughs> did you buy some of his tattoos? It's funny what happens when he puts out a dumpster out there. It puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> George Riger, known as the Disney tattoo guy for the 2200 Disney images inked on his body, is selling his 5,000-piece Disney collection and getting rid of his body art. Riger, who lives in a 6,000-square-foot Mickey Mouse-themed house in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, with custom-designed doors, ceilings, knobs, and fixtures, put his entire Disney collection, one of the biggest in the country, up for auction. It took three days just to photograph and tag the items. Hmm. Riger said he's unloading it all. The Disney props, the Mickey Mouse light fixtures, a 15-foot Nautilus submarine... Is that what you bought? Yes, yes. I bought the <laughs> Nautilus submarine. So that, so that he could move to Miami with his new love. Riger, 56, has been crazy about Disney for 40 years. He says he's made hundreds of trips to the happiest place on earth, strutted down Main Street in a tank top and shorts, and getting more attention for his tattoos than Snow White. But Riger wasn't happy at all. Although he claimed in TV and newspaper stories to have had six wives and lost them all because of his Disney obsession, he now says that he lied and got tattooed because he craved attention. Last September, he, fa- he found and met a woman named Kathleen while seated in a big auditorium at Disney's Convention Center in California. And it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> not surprisingly, he described the 48-year-old, 48-year-old woman as animated and won't give any more details saying she wants to remain private. Uh, in January, Is this he- a real woman? <laughs> it's Jessica Rabbit. In January, he plans to move to Miami, where she lives, and he'll marry her, quote-unquote, whenever she says yes. Dude. Though Kathleen doesn't mind the tattoos, Riker said he wants to be able to wear short sleeves without people stopping and staring. Um, Okay, first of all, before you sell the entire collection, at least make sure you've got a ring on the finger, okay? Because... You may have just sold everything, and she's like, I am not marrying you. I wonder what got him. You think she talks like Minnie Mouse? <laughs> uh, you know, love is a funny thing, but I, I, I got to tell you now, his collection, um, there were some nice pieces, but a lot of it was very basic stuff. I mean, it was not you know what I would consider to be like, you know, it wasn't like one thing after another, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. In this story, he talks about his collection, and he says... It's not. I didn't concentrate on old stuff. I didn't concentrate on one thing. He was a very eclectic collector. Yes, he, he was. Just bought whatever he liked and, across the board. And but I got to tell you, I think he made some really good money. I, this is my first time watching an online auction. I've never been a part of one before. And there were people there in the auction house as well as people online. And you know, it was like a, a window. You know, you join the auction. Window pops up. And it shows the item and what the opening bid is. And then it shows you, you know, $30 from the floor, $40 from the floor, $50 from the Internet. And you have the option to, you know, bid bid $50, bid $60. It just keeps changing. And there were, I want to say, 375 lots, 375 basically items uh, for sale. And they they were selling some of these in like a minute. It would be like it would open up at twenty dollars, and within thirty seconds, it was getting two hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. And this happened a lot. 
this happened a lot. And uh, I knew I had looked through the, 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 all the lots, saw the two things that I wanted uh, in particular, a stained glass lamp and uh, figurines of three castles. And so I, I knew what I would, was willing to pay for them, and I was able to get them. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I wish him luck. I hope, I hope it all works out for him. I hope he doesn't live to regret this. Because uh, that's a shame if he does. It really, it, it really would be. It really would be. I hope he does not regret it. Um, but you know, I hope the money is is used to you know start a new life for yourself and your your girlfriend, your fiance, whatever she is. So your is he having friend. the tattoos removed? Yeah, that's yes. what he said. What? And selling them. <laughs> but I mean, it takes multiple sessions yeah. to remove just what one does he tattoo. Do for a living. They ever mention what he? I want to say he was a postal or worker or something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. It was because the story. money he spent on this stuff is. I mean, twenty two hundred tattoos and a six thousand square foot house. Yeah, I mean that ain't a small house. My my house is you know thirty two hundred. So his house is almost his house is almost twice the size of mine. Just put your another house on top of this one. Yeah, basically. Hmm. Well, we wish him luck for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Best of luck to you, and hope the auction did well and. You made a lot of money. Made me start looking around at my stuff. I'm like, wow, I got some, I got nice, some nicer stuff than he does. My own auction. Just my collection is not as vast as his. Although I've got some good stuff. I've got some very good stuff. Well, again, I mean, he he said he didn't buy stuff like he didn't. Well, not yeah, same with me. I, I'm same same here. I just bought things I liked. Well, he also said in there that he got to be such a personality in the parks that he didn't even ride the rides. And he's looking forward now with the girlfriend. He said now he's actually riding the rides again. So it's nice. He's coming back to Disney for what Disney is. Good for him. Yep. Spend, Best of luck. Spend a little bit of that auction money on some therapy. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Stop <laughs> it. You're sitting here for five years doing a show about Disney, and he needs therapy? But I'm making money. Well, he did, too. He just made a lot of money, hopefully. We'll see. All right, and our final news story is Disney bans employees from texting while driving. Good for them. Mm-hmm. There goes my rapid time. fire. <laughs> <laughs> the Walt Disney Company has announced a new policy notifying employees that they could face a slew of fines and punishments, including firing if they text while driving. According to a memo released last week, Disney is, quote-unquote, enhancing its vehicle safety policy effective immediately. That includes prohibiting Disney employees from sending or reading texts or emails while driving company cars or their private cars while performing duties related to their work. Failure to comply with will lead to disciplinary actions up to and including termination, the memo states. The new rule applies to Disney workers worldwide, including Walt Disney World and elsewhere in Central Florida. I think that's a, 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 mm-hmm. a policy we have to adopt. I agree. Corey, Why are you looking at me? Here. Yep. Julie did something very smart the other day. We were heading to a food and wine she festival. She knocked the phone out of your hand while you well, were driving? Well, we got in the car. She said, let me see your phone really quick. She pretended like she wanted to see something on my phone. And we're about five minutes away from Epcot. I'm like, where's my phone? She says, it's on my lap. I kept it here so you wouldn't use it. Was it was on my lap. And I was also looking at this wood brochure that he had gotten from Lowe's. And I just left it on my lap. And then I was on my phone for a little bit. Before I knew it, I realized I didn't have my phone in my lap. But I yeah, that's what I have a, to do. It's a very good policy, I think. Yes. Well, he has a really bad habit. Now that all of our listeners know that he has this habit, everyone bombard him with messages sure, telling him to stop wrong. it. Max, that's right. take that out. <laughs> <laughs> Max, Disney, do not take that out. <laughs> Disney also needs, I mean, Disney's had some transportation issues this year. Yes. Right. I don't think we can. I, I'm not attributing it. texting or anything. But, However, it's, right. it goes, this is going. It's going to be a feather in their cap because it, it, they've had some transportation right. issues, yeah. and I don't not necessarily equating one or the other. But this is also not only a good safety policy; it's good spin for Disney. Look at what we're doing. Well, they also lost the Katie had a friend that was worked at Disney that was killed up on twenty seven by somebody who was texting. So they've lost cast members, not in Disney, but not on, yeah, not on the job. It's more dangerous than drinking and driving. This mm-hmm. has become a phenomenon. This has I have a, a question to ask you. Issue. Can any of you text really well when you're not doing anything else? It still doesn't come out right. Well, I have to back up and respell everything. I don't even. I, I can't even walk downstairs and text. But that's because we text <laughs> like adults. We don't text like kids. Yeah. We don't use uh, all the abbreviations. And, abbreviations. Yeah. We type whole words out, right? You don't. Like a punctuation. A comma. Right, with mm-hmm. punctuation and inflection. Yeah, and John, or how many text messages do you do a month? What are you talking about? Well, I mean, you don't text a lot. 
Unlike I'm, some people. Yeah, I'm not a crazy like maybe person. Like Just to the 15? Chinese restaurants, send more food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I think my sister, I know Anna has sent, like, 2,000 or plus text messages a month. Oh, Max is what? Well, Anna wants that. to hold a whole conversation. Yeah, but Taylor's right up there with her. It's like, just call, you know? Yeah, I use text really for really immediate. Yeah, short. Mm-hmm. Quick, what yeah. is right? That's right? I know text a lot. Yeah, if you keep texting me, I'm going to call you. Right. Well, I usually use text when I want to. <laughs> or I'm going to turn the phone off. <laughs> when I want to talk to Kevin, I don't want to be able to know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. those are That's a fun time that's to text. Like when you're in a room and. <laughs> Can you believe what they're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that'll do it for the news. All right. Thank you, John. Uh, we're going to move on to Rapid Fire. Who would like to go first? Oh, scared me. Lord in heaven. He's like, a, he's like Mr. Bojangles over there with his bag of goodies. <laughs> like Mary Poppins. The bag just keeps opening up. Last week when we were here. What is that? I'm not telling you yet. Pay attention. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's a story that goes along with it. Last week when I was here, I put something down on the counter and I knocked off something that belonged to Pete. He had a Mickey hand spoon rest. Antique belonged to Walt. <laughs> <laughs> this was Lillian's back scratcher or some such thing. So I broke it. So this past week, we went to the world of Disney to replace the spoon rest that I knocked off. Which was very sweet, but you didn't have to do it. That's uh, I don't like breaking other people's things. Uh, Except so mine. <laughs> what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. Um, oh, so you went to the Walter Eccles School of Relationships, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So while I was in the world of Disney, I came across something that I am in really infatuated with. It's the new Disney cookbook <gasps> called Chef Mickey, Treasures from the Vault and Delicious New Favorites. The th- wait, you, you got to wait till I'm done. One of the things that's in here, we've talked before about the fact that my mom loves the French onion soup from France. Yes. <gasps> the recipe is in here. Oh, wow. And guess what I made yesterday? How'd it come out? Awesome. Really? It tastes like France. It's excellent. Um, Perfume and socks? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I just want to go on record. I didn't say that. I didn't either. (laughs) That's Um, a good Christmas gift for people that, you know, for anybody, really. It's $24.95. However, besides recipes, um, there's recipes from restaurants that no longer exist. There's restaurants from Empress Lily. There's Walt's private recipes in here. Um, Walt's favorite... Uh, Perfume Frank's, and socks? <laughs> Frank's and beans or something? No, um, chili and beans. There's a couple of... I was really <laughs> impressed with it. So I'm very pleased. Um, it's, again, it's Chef Mickey, Treasures from the Vault and Delicious New Favorites by Pam Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, and the Disney Chefs. One of the things I thought was really cool about it was it talked about restaurants from Disneyland when they first opened and had, rest, and had a recipe from, like, the best uh, – the only place where you can get a tuna sandwich in Disneyland right. and things like that. And there's some um, vintage really- photos in there. Mm. It, I was – I picked it up, and I usually go to the table of contents and see if there's anything – oh, you know what else is in there? <gasps> the recipe for the onion rolls at Yachtsman. Yeah. Right. The Canadian cheddar cheese soup is in oh, there. Oh, really? Oh. There's a recipe for the beef donuts at Morocco with cinnamon. Um, beef donuts? I did a whole review of Morocco, and they had those beef things that were fried with cinnamon on them. They tasted like donuts with beef in them. Um, Ugh, the curried chicken soup from Boma is in here. So I thought it was, I was really, really pleased All right, I gotta with get my this. purchase. I have to get this. So that is my rapid fire. Wow. Cool book. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. Who else? Who's next? Corey? Oh, we're not going around the table? Oh. Okay, we'll go around the table. Mine was John's news. So rewind and listen to his news story again. About texting. About texting. Rewind. <laughs> that Julie? sounds like Wait, fun. I'll text you a news story. <laughs> Mine is about the 20-foot Duffy Bear tree at Epcot. So Walt Disney launched their annual Toys for Tots drive yesterday, and they had some help from Duffy the Disney Bear, who is kind of creepy. First of all, they sell him nude with no clothes, this teddy bear. And then you have to... Is he anatomically correct? Well, then you have to buy all the little, like, clothing, like a a Build-A-Bear. First, okay, first of all, every other character they sell comes with the clothes 
that you see them in in you're the parks. You're talking to us like we're not understanding right? what you're talking about. Well, I'm saying it because I, it just totally <laughs> baffles me. It totally baffles me that they would not put at least the outfit that they show him in and all the little cartoons and, you know, the storyboard they have over in Epcot and just buy the other clothing or whatever they sell for him. But anyway, that's my whole thing about Duffy. So it's a 20-foot high tree, 10 feet wide, and it's made of 1,200 stuffed Duffy bears. Is this outside? Yes. That's because they can't sell them. Well, of course it has to be outside, don't you think? (laughs) Duffy's going to get wet. I mean, (laughs) if it rains, Duffy's going to look sad in about 10 minutes. It's better than wet bear, right? Naked wet bear. Perfume and socks. Didn't they donate the bears to Toys for Tots? The wet ones? The the ones that are attached to the tree? Here, kid. (laughs) You are correct, though. 1,200 stuffed Disney bears are being donated to Toys for Tots. It's called the Cuddliest Christmas Tree. Huh. The wet moldy Duffy thing bothers me. It's I, I just don't like He's him. A fake made up That's character. why I was using Why that tone. Listen, <laughs> we found a new way to make money. Here, look. Mm-hmm. Really. All right. Thank you, Julie. Kathy. Uh, they opened a new spice and tea shop in downtown Disney. It's in Mickey's Pantry, which is next to like the Earl of Sandwich. Any good? I'm really yeah. intrigued. I yeah. saw it. It looks really cool. I mean, it's like tea everywhere. I have a feeling this is going to be a giant money suck, and I really should avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to go back, because they've got like three shelves of the teas, and they've got a cast member comes over, and he like opens a jar, and here, mm-hmm. smell this. He should be cleaning the bathroom. I, I can felt open like the basically the whole place is almost taken over by tea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's, it's a very interesting place if you need Christmas gifts. And, and it looks like it's going to be there. It's, it's permanent. They have flavored salts. Mm-hmm. Different flavors of salts and um, spice rubs and things like that. Oh, it could get expensive. I yeah. might, ha- yeah, I have to go check it out. Mm. Cool, thank you, Kathy. Yanni, on December seventh, Disney ABC Television is going to have a seven-minute short featuring the elves Wayne and Lanny from Disney's Prep and Landing. Oh, that was so cute Wasn't last, year. Cute last yeah. year. Yeah, so they're going to play it during um, Charlie Brown Christmas. And it's called Operation Secret Santa, and Betty White's going to be one of the voices in it. Okay. Of course come, she is. How come I don't know what this is? You, did you see Prep and Landing last year? The I have no idea what that pregnant. means. I have no idea what that even means. Disney put out a, a computer animated... It was a Pixar Christmas, thing, wasn't it? Pixar, yeah. A special animated uh, Christmas special, brand new, called Disney's Prep and Landing. It's about the elves who help Santa deliver toys at Christmas and what they have to do to get the houses ready and get everything set for Santa. In my opinion, one of the best Christmas stories. And yeah, it really, really was well done. That. Dave, I can't think of his last name. The guy from Kids in the Hall. He was on Will and Grace. Foley. Dave, Dave Foley. Foley was the voice of the main character. He's funny. Yeah. And they're going to play that over again. That's going to be... Um, December 7th, you said? Prep and Landing is, the, just so you know what they're talking about. These were the advanced elves who came in and set up the landing strip on the top of everybody's house. <laughs> prepare the house. They prepared prepare the, the house and the landing for Santa to land on everybody's house. That's, so that's really cool. Is it on iTunes? I don't think it's been available anywhere, but yeah. I'm not sure. But the Beatles are. <laughs> the uh, original prep and landing will be on December 9th from oh. 8 to 9 p.m. Do you have a DVR? You're definitely going to want to see it. It's cute. This seven-minute short is going to be played sometime during... Um, the Charlie Brown Christmas special from on December seventh. I have that music on my. There's iPhone. a prep and landing I iPhone love that game. Peanuts music. I was just gonna say, <laughs> isn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> that immediately snaps you into Christmas. Yeah. It makes you feel like Christmas. But no, the 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 show itself is not available. I don't think it was ever really was it on DVD. It, yeah. yeah. How surprising. And it's really good. I mean, it's not just you know. Some stupid thrown together Christmas special like the like well, well, you know, if Pixar did it, then it's got to be. So cool. All right, thank you, John. Teresa. Yeah, I've got one. <laughs> Are you copying recipes out of my book? I'm reading the cookbook back here. I think she is. Um, for those of you who are going to be in the Orlando area now through January second, um, a Christmas thing you might want to do is light up UCF. Is again this year? It's a with short- dynamite. No, no, with Christmas lights. <laughs> it's a short 45-minute ride up f- 417 from Disney. They've got a uh, holiday film festival showing different holiday movies, the light show, um, free concerts from local bands and schools. That's all free. They also have a gigantic ice skating rink. 
You can go ice skating for $12. They've got other rides, an ice slide, cookie decorating with Mrs. Claus. Santa's there on the weekends. Um, and it, prices range from $12 to 425 for the different rides or ice skating. $425? I'm sorry. So it's a good, inexpensive Christmas. I misunderstood. She said prices range from. She went backwards. I went backwards. Um, I don't know. It's a good Christmas option. Low cost. Orlando area. Now through January 2nd. You have to consider the fact that it's going to cost you $12 to go 417 though. Well, still. Something fun to do. Cool. All right. Thank you, Teresa. All right, that will do it for Rapid Fire. We're going to move on to our first segment. Three, two, one. All right, that will do it for Rapid Fire. We're going to move on to our first segment and talk about the Osborne Lights for this year, which I did not get to go over this weekend. I really wanted to. But I know, Kathy, you were there. Mm -hmm. Anything special? Actually, yes. They've they've, uh, changed... The lights now, they use the LED lights so they can do more combinations. And some of the, you know, like the tree, they do some different lighting effects that they hadn't done in the past. And going down, is that New York Street? What's the street that leads to San Francisco? New York Street. York, street. Okay. Um, that arch does different effects that it did did in the past. But the thing that I'm not so sure that I'm real happy about and I know Julie probably will is they now have Phineas and Ferb incorporated into the lights that is cute they <laughs> did you find the cat no actually I didn't find the cat and we walked all over the place looking for the cat the lights are in the same location they are every year they, anything uh, expanded or anything more or is it just the they've type sort of, of moved some of the displays around there's a train over by where the um the umbrella oh, that gets you singing wet. in the rain. Yeah. They go, put a train there. Go back to Phineas and Ferb. What do you mean they're incorporated? There's lights with them in it. They're walking around. There's their they're music. Actually, what? You know how they have the, the lady and the man tell you, like, hey, welcome to the Osborne they Lights. They do like a radio show. Yeah, they they're doing right. the radio show. And through the, the evening, one time you're standing there and it's, like, lit up. And then all of a sudden everything goes black. And then Phineas and Ferb come on the um, the radio show, and they're like, "Oh, hey, we can fix this. Oh, you got to do this to this and this to that." And then the lights come on. Ferb, I know what we're gonna do today. Wait a minute, why did the lights go out? Was it Doofenshmirtz? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, okay. I don't follow all the Phineas and Ferb people, <laughs> but you know, What's the, what? <laughs> Doofenshmirtz, Doctor Doofenshmirtz, he's the Pro- evil is character. Professor, oh, it is it's, uh, maybe Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, yeah. I do have a quick like ailment. It's oh, my Doofenshmirtz. He's <laughs> German. <laughs> I do have a funny story. He's German, we and he actually some, wears lederhosen in one of the episodes. We met some people at Downtown Disney uh, for lunch on Saturday, and we uh, Skip Potter picked up some other people who we met, <laughs> and we got to meet Liz and Eric. She's my we girls, and he's DEA on the boards, and we were sitting outside of. Uh, Earl of Sandwich, and John had arrived later than the rest of us. So I said, I "Circled for forty-five minutes, looking for a parking spot." Parking so park. she said to me, "Call John and tell him that he can go up and get in line with Eric." So I said, "Okay, that's a good idea." So John didn't have to get at the end of the line. She says to me, "Tell me has a Doctor Doofenshmirtz T-shirt on." So I called John. I've never seen Earl of Sandwich this crowded. The line zigzagged back and forth and went into Mickey's pantry. Wow. That's how long it was. So I called John and I said, John, just go look for Eric. And John says, I don't know Eric. I said, he's wearing a Dr. Doofenshmirtz t-shirt. He says to me, go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting in line. He hung up on me. He comes out and he goes, who the heck is Dr. Doofenshmirtz? Well, you can hear them at the at the show, and like I said, I don't know. I I liked it before because it, you know, you, you felt like this was Jennings Jennings Osborne's lights. Now it's more like it's it's Disney's lights. Are they, they still using the Trans Siberian Orchestra music? Yeah, there was you know still some of that. It's just in like I said, they went to the LED lights because you know I don't know if anybody checks out the light bulbs. 
you know, because to me, part of the, the whole thing was this was his lights. Mm. Well, the LED lights, they started incorporating them the last couple of mm-hmm. years. They're but he's still, I mean, he still oversees, yeah. you know, the whole thing. So, I mean. The, that big spinning carousel thing. Yeah, there's the still some of his stuff is all still things his. still there. Sounds like they're trying to get little kids excited about it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Disney always Fending changing it up for, a little yeah. bit. Is, to, there a, is there a ceremony in the beginning? Is there a tree lighting? Is there a there's, lighting? They, have, they pick a child to turn the lights on. And as they flick the switch, you know, of course, the lights go on. And, and they, they pick a special family. How they pick that, I don't know. We had the most adorable little girl that, that did it the night that we were there. And she was just so surprised to see all the lights come on. And then, you know. Actress. There's like yeah. a big switch, right? <laughs> yeah, there's like a big light switch. Planned. Didn't Bob get to do it one year? Did they pick Bob? I, I swear. Because so. he, he talked about it forever. <laughs> That's a little blind girl. <laughs> he was dressed as a little blind girl. I, almost, I, I, I remember something strange. about I that. I do too. And it was snowing when, you know, they flipped the switch. And in listening to the cast members, apparently um, the lights dance. They, they can set it for different cycles. And the night we were there, every seven minutes, mm. the lights would dance. And it seems to me that they added some different songs. How many different? Year. How many different sets were there? Do you know? We only stayed for like three or four of them. Oh, okay. But um, my tip always is, is you know when the lights are going to dance when it gets really quiet. Because when the snow machine is pumping out the snow, yeah, it's loud. And when you hear that, that was his snow snow machine. machine. Uh See, I knew what it was. But when that stops, you know that the lights are going to dance. And really, you know, what's a good place to see it? Anywhere. You know, and what we do is we walk around and stand in different spots right. and Best watch thing to the do lights. Is watch it from different areas. Watch from one side of the street to the other side. Of my the favorite is back by um, Lights Motors Action, looking up the street. But that's just a personal favorite. Yeah, there's no matter where you stand, you can get a good shot of something. Do they have the nativity scene mm-hmm. again this year? And I went over beforehand to take some of the pictures in the daylight. And the one that, that struck me as you're going down New York Street, on the left-hand side, there's a, a griffin or a, a lion sitting there. And just how they attach the lights to this thing, again, that's another one of those Disney differences. They took two of the red lights and made them so mm-hmm. he had eyes. But on the side of his head, where you would see, like, a bunch of the lights, they, like, covered it up with, like, white. Like, they did it real classy. So, like, even when you're seeing it without the lights on, there's something to see mm. and if you're a fan of like little toy cars i mean like you know collectible like the kids ride in mm-hmm. um if you go down that street and there's um a police like wagon or car with santa claus in it behind one of the chain link fences in there and it's like something you wouldn't necessarily notice but i thought it was pretty clever like where they so put santa's it. in the police car yes yeah, santa's driving the police car and it's a lot. It's on that same stretch. There's like a phone booth on the New York Street yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, Frosty the Snowman's always in. It's like almost right there. There's like a break in the buildings, and there's the chain link fence. That's where Santa Claus is. They still do the same stuff where they take a bicycle and they run the lights and mm-hmm. the bike and the uh, barbecue and all that stuff. Yep, that, that was all this there. Is every night till Christmas. Or? Every night except December the first. There must be a private party or something. From so. dusk till park closing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I realized? On Buena Vista, as you're driving down that main strip in Disney that runs from like Pop Century mm-hmm. and uh, the all-star movies up to downtown Disney, there's a certain bridge that you go over and if you look to your yeah, left, exactly. you can actually see yeah. the Osborne lights. We were there the other night after dark and I never realized you could see them from outside the park. Hmm. Hmm. This is what's really great about this is no special fee. It's all in your park admission, right. so something to go and enjoy. One of the one of the rarities at right. Disney. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you're not a fan of crowds, don't go right when they flip the switch. Wait a half an hour or so because then people have seen it and they're on their way out, and you can walk in and you know pretty much wander up and down the streets. I think this setup is so much better than the way it used to be where you all trudged around that. Oh, but I loved, I loved going down residential street. Oh, I think the houses. I liked Residential Street. I didn't like the Death March where you had to walk <laughs> through there. And if, if somebody would have yelled fire back in the old days, 
there would have been all kind of accidents. I agree. Where now you've got more room to move around. It was a death march, and you, you, it was like trudge. See, trudge, I feel like trudge. you don't have as much room to move around because there's no direct path. You know, don't you don't start here and make your way around. Everybody's going every which way. Yeah. And well, when you was, have a stroller, it's difficult. Yeah. It was, was nice chaos. the year that they had like um, the main street. Like they had it divided in half, mm. and you had to go in a certain way and come out a certain way. That seemed to help. And just another thing, since everybody's you know carrying digital cameras, when that you know fake snow comes down, you don't want that on your lens of your camera. Folks, it's soap. Well, and I didn't you, want to say that. It's soap suds. So every every year you see that don't kid with em. his tongue out, and you think to yourself, yeah. soap. <laughs> but just be careful. I you know had a sweat jacket on and just sort of covered the lens up when I wasn't taking a picture. Were they selling hot chocolate? Mm-hmm. All they had stuff. all that stuff and, you know, shirts you could buy. and. But it was fun. It's always worth going to see, and it always, you know, puts you in the holiday mood. And like you said, it's free. So if you get a chance, go see it. Now, how's the other park decorated? I mean, the rest of the park decorated. I know we usually, um, you know, make a beeline straight for Osborne, but... Um, there's some lights. The, the, their big tree is outside the park as you come in. And then... Uh, I should know the names of these. But as you come in that main street, it's decorated. And as you come by the ABC commissary, that's got some, like, poncettas and things up. You know. They do some thing, nice things with the windows as you're walking up the main, yeah, main I, street. Right, you know, the shop again, windows are already decorated for Christmas. Again, I think years past, they had a lot more. But, you know, you know it's the holidays when you're in the park. Right. Now, is that outside tree still decorated with those scary Santa faces? Those oh, like I love 1950s. that tree. That's one of my favorite trees. Oh, yeah, I thought the tree, tree looked really me. nice. So overall, worth uh, worth oh, going to see. Definitely. Yeah, I've got to get over there this week. Yeah, us too. Really do. I thought it'll be this week. And then down the end of the, as you're looking at the, the, facade where the San Francisco Street is, on the left is like the history of the lights. So if yeah. you're not up on what the story is, you can stop there and. You know, no, read all about it. Years past, they decorated to the left of that as well. No, not nothing back there. Wow. Yeah. Because it was a little... That's where they started with those... Um, LED lights. The LED light. That was an area for kids to take pictures back there. And nope. Stuff. Wow. It's also sparkly. Isn't it just puts you in the spirit? And it just that they goes, used to have goes the right back to that sparkly, shiny... <laughs> it is. It's just distract Teresa. It's Come on. You She's Catwoman. People from, uh, the, the characters from Toy Story come out and take pictures with people that in that yeah. area. And I would say look up on the balconies, too, yep. because there is so much detail In the up windows there. of the apartment. Just look at all of it, and if you want to know where the black cat is, you could ask a cast member. And a lot it's actually of them a pink cat, isn't it? I was going to say he's purple, purple. but I'm colorblind. Purple. Well, they were saying it they was They hide black, a purple so. cat every year. Well, it's really? supposed to be a black cat, but black lights don't work. It's the shape of and a this, classic Halloween yeah. cat. So they made it purple. And they move him every year. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's in a window, sometimes he's... Oh, Kathy, you got to tell me where Under he's a truck. And a I, Kathy didn't find him. I didn't find him. I took 600 and some pictures, so trust me, I must have taken pictures of everything, and I still couldn't find them. There's Kathy. also hidden Mickeys to look for. Oh, there's loads of hidden Mickeys. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Did they give out the, the little glasses where you can see the lights If change? they did, I didn't. I didn't we're, see anybody with them, and I don't think they did. We were in Lowe's the other day, and they had... They sold them, and what they did was, when you looked at your Christmas tree or any Christmas lights, there was one that turned each light into a little Santa face, and another set of glasses that turned each light that you looked at into a little snowman. Oh, oh sounds like a trip. They were $1.49. <laughs> hey, man. Teresa remembering the 60s back there. All right. Well, cool. Thank you very much for that, Kathy. We're going to move on to our next segment and talk about this past weekend's Festival of the Masters. Uh, Year after year becomes more and more popular. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, and, it's one of uh, our favorite events. If it wasn't for the fact that I was doing so much work around the house this weekend, I would have gotten over to That's do it. That's one of but. my biggest complaints. I wish it would be longer. I wish it yeah. would be two weekends. Right. Because it seems like it's always the last day we get a chance to go there and see it's it. Thursday, we... Friday, and Saturday. No, no, no. So, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday. Saturday, and Sunday. Excuse me. For those of you who don't know, Festival of the Masters is an art show at Downtown Disney. They do this every year. They've been doing this for 35 years. And... This is a free event. So I doubt it's something you'd want to travel really, here. 35 years they've been doing mm-hmm. it. Wow. But weren't you sad, like, when you saw all the people walking through, like, Pleasure Island, and you saw all those people, and you think, Disney doesn't have anything to offer them except for Festival of the Masters now. 
No. I didn't walk through Pleasure Island. I don't get sad. <laughs> I kind of walk quickly through that area. When you're pushing a stroller uphill. <laughs> yeah. It's like, get through as fast we went, as you we can. We parked and walked in and that's through. just when you're pushing Corey around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we parked and walked in through... Um, the area between Planet Hollywood and the movie theater. Okay. And that's where the festival center is. That's where you can buy the merchandise. This year's uh, poster sold out very early, from what I understand. We tried to get one, and they were gone. And we always park at Cirque and kind of do... Okay, so you come backwards. You go mm-hmm. the other way, yep. Now, See, all the artists that are featured are top artists. So you're not looking at amateur stuff here. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at some really nice and... They can get very expensive. I mean, you're going to see lots of wood, lots of jewelry, um, oil paintings. Clay, digital art. Photos. I think what's amazing is the mediums are so different. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so one guy who works in metal and has made things out of nails. And not, you know, not Disney stuff. No. Not, right. you know, right. No Mickey made out of nails. I'll go through the list of the stuff they offer. Clay, digital art, drawing, printmaking, and graphics, glass, jewelry, leather, fiber, and paper. Mixed media and collage, which we love. Painting, photography, sculpture, watercolor, and wood. So you see a little bit of everything here. And there is, there's the guy who he has the same um, space every year. Those oversized animals. Over, mm-hmm. And those are all made out of house nails. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually spoke to him for a while. Yeah, he's very interesting. Except by where I used to live in Pennsylvania. Hmm. Really? Uh, his area is always right in front of Bongo's Cuban Cafe, between yep. Bongo's and Wolfgang Puck. I noticed that this year that a lot of the vendors we saw were ones who have the same spot, so they probably... Our favorite artist, um, Jim Mullen, right? He and his wife, Tori, they're always right there by Bongo's, too. Um, there was an artist a couple of years ago, and I fell in love with her work, and I've looked every year for her to come back, and she's, she's back. never been no. back. She's in the folk art section. Now, um, we found this year that there were some a fewer booths than last year. Yes, yes, most definitely. The area between House of Blues and Disney Quest, there were two rows of booths, so you kind of had a zigzag back and forth to see everything. This sure. year, there was one row of booths up against the front of Disney Quest. Do you, think, mm-hmm. do you think that was on purpose, or do you think it's just the function of the economy? People didn't want us. I felt like they were trying to make a little more open space. They did, because it was claustrophobic the last time. Because, you know, the open area between... It's Bongo's and Wetzel's Pretzel's. Yeah. Like the bathrooms. Right. right. Usually there are artists all up in there. The grassy knoll. (laughs) But did you see that... They left it open. Disney was teaching classes how to draw the characters. I I sort of thought that was... That's been there. Disney Quest, they do. Yeah, really? I never saw that. It's part of Disney Quest, yeah. They also had the... um, In that grass area, they had the Vinylmation... Um, yes. Tent set up and people could color. Julie in. did. Yeah. Did, did you, you color? I put Ferris and Finley's initials. Oh, they had nice. um, large vinyl mation shaped posters, and people could go up and color them in. And they do have a lot of interactive stuff for families and kids to do. You know, from yeah, the Legos. It's not just an to- art show. Oh gosh! Every time Ferris heard any music, the stroller bounced up and Aww. down. <laughs> did you guys see the um, Sharpie booth this year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I couldn't find it. I, I love. I love the Sharpie booth. And up. Outside of the Adventurers Club, Lego had a thing up there that mm-hmm. you could do your little like square, and it made a picture. So we went Friday night, and Katie assembled her little block, and then we went back on Sunday to see how her little block, you know, created part of the part picture. Of the yeah. picture. It was really neat. You know, in addition to all the booths, it's almost like a mini food and wine festival mm-hmm. for downtown Disney because all the restaurants there put out a little booth and they offer samples of their food. Not for free. I was going to say at cost. Yeah. At a cost. So you'll, you know, you can walk around and look at art and drink champagne. Yeah. Anna and I did. Not everything is outrageously priced either. No. You can come away with something. Um, Not this year, but last year we bought, there was a gentleman who laminated wood and dyed it different colors and then made it into old fashioned Christmas ornaments, turned it into, and I think we paid $30 for one. Yeah, I mean, there's something for everyone too because mm-hmm. I enjoyed the folk art. Um, did you guys see there was a peace sign made of green like, army men? Mm-hmm. Green army men. I thought that was the it coolest was thing huge. I'd ever seen. It and was it was huge. lacquered and shiny. It was like what four they, feet. It was huge. Huge. It was a huge peace sign, but it was covered in little green army men. It, it's kind of... I don't know. I thought it's, it's a great powerful. piece for a little boy's room. Yeah. I just... That's <laughs> I have a photo of that in the gallery. We'll add. Did you guys buy anything this year? No. We bought another another bird from Jim Mullen to put in Ferris and Finley's room. So now they're just... Kind of start a little tradition. It's funny. We um, we bought... Uh, we bought... I'm attracted to the woodworkers. 
I, I don't know what it is, but I, it's just, it's very tactical. Does that make John jealous? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I that too. Does it? <laughs> no. I was going to go for a joke about what they make, but that's all right. All right. <laughs> the things that uh, appeal to me are the wood objects. Um, we bought, it's funny, I was telling Corey. Kevin Julie likes about, wood. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to go there, but. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was telling Corey and Julie about where we went. And what we bought, and come to find out, it apparently appealed enough to Corey. He took a picture of the actual <laughs> items that we purchased. I don't go around taking photos of all the booths, but the ones that jump out at me, I, I take a photo. And it's polite to ask them if it's okay to take a photo. Most yes. everyone was very, very nice. You know, no, I'm that's drawing, one artist being respectful. I, of another. I love still lifes. It's just something I've always really enjoyed, you know, whether it's fruit or a kitchen bowl or whatever, and they're oil paintings. I love those. But the mixed media is something that I really enjoy, too. We found uh, a gentleman who did woodworking, and we bought a Lazy Susan. And it was, uh, it. well, my, I had my mom with us, and we both zeroed in on this piece. And we ended up purchasing it, and come to find out, Corey's going to put a picture up in the gallery it's actually the piece that we brought mm-hmm. and t- bought and took home. Cool. But it was funny. I asked Corey and Julie, who spent some time there, did you see the leather journals? And they knew exactly what I was talking about. There's a lady who makes these sort of rustic-looking leather photo album or journals, and they're all tied with, like, leather cord and stuff like that. I don't have any use for it at all, but I want one every single year. <laughs> they smell incredible. I love touching that paper. She makes her own paper, too. It, it exposes a, you to art you, you would never right. have seen it's or even imagined. It's more about the sensory experience for me with that journal. It is. And I don't have any use for it. But every year I think, I'm going to buy one You're of You're a these. book smeller, though. <laughs> <laughs> book smeller. The um, Festival of Masters, it's mainly centered, of all these booths that we're talking about, it's mainly centered around downtown Disney West Side. But if you go over to the marketplace, you'll see the chalk, chalk artists mm-hmm. out there. Out in front the world of Disney, there was a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. Those are incredible to watch. And they'll do them throughout the festival. So if you go early on, they're not done yet. They make you yourself the sketch. I always wondered if it were to rain on Friday night after they've started their work, start what happened? SOL. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot yeah. of them, though, are, are positioned over under the overhang of the building. Not, But they're everywhere. Like yeah, you, There were ones out in the middle. They're... Oh, you know what else we got to see? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? We got to preview Epic Mickey. Oh, I saw that. Really? Yeah, that was, they had a cool booth set up. Next to the pin mm-hmm. trader where not only were how, they... How does it look? looks awesome. Fan-freaking-tastic. Oh, I can't wait. They, not only were they showing the game and showing you how to play the game, they had artists who would do sketches for you for free of the characters in the game. They that had huge incredible. television yeah, set up. there was a line for that. You had to mm-hmm. wait to if you wanted to play with it, if you wanted to actually run... But if you could, we we saw it. When's the release date again? They would teach how to play. It ships from Amazon on November thirtieth. So and they told us all the tricks. So now we know. So we can have the high score. We actually ran into um, Erica Spencer and her husband Stephen. Yep. And they had done the the epic Mickey whatever. I'm not into it, so I don't really know. We ran into um, Justin Jet, Skip Potter, and. Lisa, who's Walty for me on the boards, and Liz and, as I said earlier, Liz and Eric, who are my wee girls, and DEA. Apparently, after we left, uh, Apple Mama showed up and... Yeah, yeah we have met a, a bunch of people that day. She was like, are you Corey and Skip? <laughs> like, yep. That's Skip. He's just like a little magnet, isn't he? Is. They all come over to talk to him. This is one of those things, if you're going to be in Disney, go to... Festival of the Masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's, won't regret it. It's free. free. You know, we talk about how Epcot never looks better around the Flower and Garden Festival. Downtown Disney never, never looks better than during Festival of the Masters. I will say this. It's very hard to find parking. Just parking say is that. at a premium. We had no problem parking. Did you? Because over by Cirque du Soleil, people don't really park over there. I mean, you know. But we still ended up parking in the last spot. Yeah, but that's because you said you didn't care. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those things, like the Food and Wine Festival. This draws a lot of local people. This is it happens during our most beautiful weather, mm-hmm. and it's free, and it's a great day to just. And as Corey said, the restaurants all have out little um, food and wine type booths. It's a real popular event. Do you see it getting busier and busier every year? It was very busy, and we went the last hour of the last day. Right. And, I mean, it was still a ton of people walking around. Oh, so you went back on Sunday? We did go back. We didn't stay that day that we met up with you guys. We decided to go back and take his mom the next day. 
It was the last hour of that it was open on Sunday. Yeah, it ends at 5.30 every day. I think on Sunday it ends at 5. five yes. mm-hmm. And I've been there other years where at 3 o'clock everybody's packing up. I was surprised that this year that was not the, the case. Are yeah. right to the end. I think it was because of the nice weather and the fact that there was a huge crowd I really there. hope mm-hmm. that people were... Purchasing. Purchasing things. Because last year, I got the sense that people were not. We definitely saw people carrying Large things. boxes and stuff. One of the things that I think is funny, I love the folk art section. I do too. And if you go out and if you walk through there slowly, it seems that they're their own best customers. Every year I've gone, I've watched one folk artist trading art for another piece of art from another folk wow. artist. It's really kind That's of fun cool. to watch. Yeah. That's cool. And this is a yearly event. Mm-hmm. Every year in November. Three days. Yep. Cool. It usually coincides with the golf tournament, the Disney Classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And overlaps uh, Food Wine Festival. Yep. So if you plan your trip right, you know, I doubt you'd plan your trip around Festival of the Masters. But but if you are a collector, you know, someone who enjoys purchasing and, and viewing any type of art. It's also a nice, it, it's a great way to meet the artists because they're all quite willing to stand and chat with you for a little while. There's one jewelry maker in particular. I always admire her stuff. I, I still have yet to, to buy anything, but um, she, Anna was holding Ferris and she immediately was drawn to him and she's like, oh, you're holding, a, you have a little angel right there. Anna goes, not my angel, hers. <laughs> <laughs> there's a jewelry, there's a gentleman who makes jewelry there that I find very, it's masculine jewelry. It's um, I know what you're talking about. It all made out of titanium and stuff like that. Every year I think, I'm going to buy something. I didn't again this year. I got a, a wooden Lazy Susan. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. I, I, I love it. It's that's a piece cool. of work. I just want to spin a piece it. Of artwork. And we're I'm going to come to your house and spin it round We're going to have uh, the photo gallery up on the site with the show. So. It is. And if oh, it's already up? Oh, it's already if up. If you yeah. want to see the picture, it's the one right in front of Cirque du Soleil. It's a sort of flowery looking It's a wooden thing. flower. It's the whole a festival in a nutshell. We'll have a link to that on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. I apologize. I Also, that peace sign that Corey, we, Corey, Julie, and I were talking about, Corey's taking a picture of that, and that's available for people to see also. Okay. I won't mention any names, but thank you to the, the people who spent the day with us in Epcot. We had a wonderful time. <laughs> okay. That is going to do it for our show for this week. Just a reminder, we will not, we don't have a show going up next week for Thanksgiving. So on behalf of all of us here, we wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back with you again in two weeks with another episode of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. And eat a lot of turkey. Be the stimulus. <laughs> I think that should be your new tag. Yeah, like that.